On Auschwitz. The history of Auschwitz is exceptionally complex. It combined two functions, a concentration camp and extermination center. Nazi Germany persecuted various groups of people there and the camp complex was continually expanded and transformed. In the podcast on Auschwitz, we discuss the details of the history of the camp, as well as our contemporary memory of this important and special place. One of the groups of eyewitnesses to the crimes perpetrated at the concentration and extermination camp Auschwitz were British prisoners of war who were forced to work on the construction of the IG Farben industry factory. The building site was located in the immediate vicinity of the Auschwitz III Monowitz camp and a few kilometers from the Auschwitz I main camp. British prisoners of war were also employed at the mines in Libyons and Javozno, where later Auschwitz subcamps were established. Dr. Piotr Setkiewicz, head of the Museum Research Center, talks about the history of the British prisoners of war near the Auschwitz camp. In the history of Auschwitz, we talk about prisoners of war mainly through the tragic story of the Soviet prisoners of war who were incarcerated in the Auschwitz concentration camp. But at the edge of the story of Auschwitz, we can also see the presence of the British POWs who were not incarcerated in the camp, but appear in different parts of the story of the Auschwitz complex, mainly through the usage of slave labor by different German companies. So why the decision was taken to bring the British POWs in this area? These decisions were taken, in most cases, uh, the beginning of 1943, at the moment when Auschwitz concentration camp was closed and could not be used as a source of slave labor for German companies in the eastern part of Upper Silesia. That was probably the reason why directors of local companies, the coal mines, steelworks, and many other enterprises began to look for other sources of workers, laborers who might be used in these factories because at the same time many German workers were conscripted to the army, the Wehrmacht, and more or less at the same time uh, many Polish local workers were sent to perform slave labor in Germany. And with the beginning of the British and American air offensive against uh, Germany, some German companies decided to move a part of their potential and production from the western part of Germany into Silesia. So these were the reasons why the the German industry, particularly in the end of 1942, beginning 1943, began to look for new workers. And because prisoners of Auschwitz were not available at this moment because of typhus epidemic that prevailed in Auschwitz in the second half of 1942, the companies began to ask the local employment officers, the Arbeitsamts, about other potential sources of labor. And the Arbeitsamt answered that uh, there are some British prisoners of war available and they might be used for this purpose to be transferred from the major POW camp in Lambsdorff, Wambinowice, or in Cheshen, 
into many smaller individual commandos in Silesia, and among them there were two larger groups of uh, British prisoners of war. One of them, with about 400 people, was sent to the city of Yavozno to work in five coal mines that belonged during the war to the German company called Energieversorgung Oberschlesien. These were actually not British prisoners, but uh, Jews who volunteered to the British army in Palestine uh, at the beginning of the war. And then they were sent to Greece together with the British Expeditionary Corps. And uh, after the withdrawal of the British forces from Greece, the members of these engineering companies were left alone simply on the beaches of the Attica and uh, taken prisoner by the Germans. So then they were moved to other camps in uh, Germany and eventually they ended up in the Avozna and also more or less at the same time the second group of these Engländer Kreta Juden, as they were called in the German documents, 200 of them were moved to the coal mine in Libya. Both these localities were situated not far from Auschwitz. Uh, in the case of Yavorzna, it's about 20 kilometers. In the case of Libyos, it's just five kilometers. So prisoners who were in this last locality could see from this relatively close distance the flames over the horizon, the clouds of, of smoke uh, from the crematoria in Auschwitz, which, which had, of course, certain negative consequences for the employer, for, for the company that ran this uh, coal mine uh, that was a part of the huge German concern called IG Farben Industry. The story of slave labor of British POWs in Yavozno in Libyans had consequences because they didn't seem to be the most efficient workers. Practically at the moment, the very moment when they appeared in these two labor camps, the administration of the German companies began to complain that the efficiency of work is uh, very low, that in many cases uh, these British Jewish prisoners protested uh, against the cruel treatment, uh, the beating uh, that resulted in some situations that uh, ended up even in case of, of Yavorzno, two cases of, of deaths. Two British prisoners were killed by the members of the German auxiliary uh, Werkschutz, the security guards of these coal mines. And therefore, members of the delegation of the Red Cross in Berlin were alarmed about these facts and they visited uh, Yavorzno and after the series of uh, negotiations in exchanging of letters, it was stated that uh, these prisoners, although they, they were Jewish, they could not be treated in such a uh, brutal way, and uh, certain standards of Geneva Conventions should be kept, even in the case of Jewish prisoners. That arose some problems. The administration of this company complained too many times about low efficiency of work, about uh, the high rate of uh, sickness among the POWs. For example, in Janina Grube, in Yavorzno, in, in the coal mine there, over 40 British prisoners claimed that uh, they cannot work in the coal mine because of lack of few teeth, for example. So that was the reason why, on the one hand, because the protests, because they tried to work uh, as slow as possible, the administration of the coal mines were not satisfied with the results of their employment. And uh, more or less in June 1943, 
the both directors of these coal mines asked the administration of uh, the POW camp in uh, Lambsdorff to exchange uh, the British uh, Jews into the Aryan British prisoners, as they assumed uh, the British should work faster and better. That was one reason, and second was that uh, they expected that uh, Jews perhaps did not work satisfactorily because, first of all, they were told by the local Polish miners that uh, the um, compatriots, that other Jews who uh, lived in eastern part of Upper Silesia, were concentrated in the ghettos, that many of them had been killed in the Auschwitz concentration camp, and that might have been the reason why they behaved in such a way. In one of the letters sent by the director of the Javorzna coal mine, it was stressed that uh, perhaps even Soviet prisoners of war would be better uh, to work for our coal mine than these Jews from Sosnovets. Perhaps it was another reason of low efficiency of work because these Jews realized that many of their friends, even members perhaps of their families who stayed in Poland before they immigrated to Palestine, they suffered a lot and they were being murdered by the Germans. So that was perhaps the reason why they didn't want work with a satisfactory efficiency. So in this first stage, the company decided to replace the British Jewish prisoners of war to British non-Jewish prisoners of war. Did the situation change? Did the situation improve? Not at all. As we know, again, from the reports by administration of those coal mines, the British behaved in a way they irritated the managers, that they also protested against the conditions of work because, for example, they did not receive the rubber shoes they usually ended the work one hour or two even before the shift. So there was a lot of protests, uh, there was a lot of conflicts between the managers and the guards uh, in, in the coal mines, because, for example, when they could see the British who didn't want to work at all, who were sitting and, and smoking cigarettes, so that they tried to force them to go back to work, when they protested, that resulted in some conflicts, even some German supervisors were beaten by the British. And the problem was, for the administration of those coal mines, that they have no practically any tools in their hands to force the British to work faster. For example, the director of the coal mine in Yavoshno wished to organize a special punishment company for the strikers, for the British prisoners of war who, who didn't want to work, but this plan was rejected by the administration of, uh, of the POW camp. So the Germans wished to limit the duration of food given to those worst workers or to introduce some new measures. For example, those who didn't want to work uh, could not go to the cinema. Of course, it didn't work at all. And uh, after about two weeks, uh, again, the both directors of uh, these companies from Yavorzna and from, from Libyan began to complain and asked uh, to the concentration camp in Auschwitz to replace the British prisoners of war with prisoners of Auschwitz. In their eyes, it would have certain, of course, positive consequences uh, because in the barracks that were originally built for the British, as it was the case in Libyan, 
300 uh, British prisoners of war could be replaced with 900 uh, prisoners of concentration camps, which resulted in substantial saving of monies for construction of uh, setting up new barracks for the company. In the result of a number of the meetings and after the visit uh, of both of the sides by commander of Auschwitz, Rudolf Hirsch, the decision was taken to send prisoners of Auschwitz to Yavozno and later on also to Libyans. That was in the late summer of 1943. So here in this case, the link between the story of the British POWs and uh, prisoners of Auschwitz is rather indirect. Because of the attitude of the British, the companies decided to move to a different source of slave labor and uh, the subcamps of Auschwitz in, near the coal mines uh, were created. A different situation is when we look at the story of the IG Farben plant near Auschwitz, because in this case we can see the presence of British POWs around the IG Farben factory where prisoners of Auschwitz also worked. Practically, it's difficult to find any reason why the IG Farben decided to hire a relatively large number of British prisoners of war, because at this time the Auschwitz concentration camp seems to be big enough to cover all the needs of IG Farben for the slave labor. However, in practical terms, despite the fact that uh, in Auschwitz it was at this moment about 80 or 90,000 uh, prisoners, many of them were sick, could not uh, work the state in the hospitals, many others uh, work in the camp or were used by the Bauleitung or the construction office of the camp for setting up new barracks, for construction of new sectors of Birkenau and so on and so on. So practically, IG Farben had some problems with acquiring a large number of prisoners from Auschwitz. Perhaps also the company believed that British prisoners could be used for more complicated kind of work as they expected the British prisoners might have been, for instance, bricklayers or something like that, while the prisoners of Auschwitz concentration camp were used for simple kind of labor for digging foundations, leveling the ground, the construction of the streets, and so on. So these were probably the reasons why, in September 1943, the first groups of British prisoners of war came to Auschwitz. They were British, but of course, not only because many of them represented different parts of the British Empire. There were some POWs from New Zealand, from Canada and South Africa. And among them, a few British Jews who incidentally appeared among these uh, British prisoners of war. And practically, they were the only Jews in Auschwitz who could feel relatively safe during the war, because still the Germans considered them the POWs who were protected by the provisions of the Geneva Convention. What can we say about the situation and the conditions of life of uh, British POWs at uh, IG Farben? The IG Farben built around the factory in Auschwitz-Monowitz 11 camps altogether for different categories of workers, including camp number four for Auschwitz inmates. But there were also many people from practically all European countries, from Norway, Denmark, Holland, uh, Belgium, France, of course, the Bohemia, many so-called Ostarbeiter, Ukrainians and Russians and so on. Interestingly, if you look at the density of population in residents of these barracks, it clearly reflects the Nazi racial hierarchy 
because, for example, in the camp number one that was built for German workers, many German specialist engineers were moved from other hydrofarben plants to Auschwitz during the war. They were supervisors, managers, foremen, and so on. So they had approximately eight or nine square meters per person at the disposal. In the camps for the French workers, that were more or less four square meters. And practically, it was the same density in the barracks that were built for British uh, prisons of war. The camp was called Lager Number 8. Karpfenteichen was situated uh, about one kilometer from the area of the factory. So the, if we look at the size of the barracks, they got uh, windows, for example. So the living conditions were relatively good or rather comparable with the standard of living of uh, French forest laborers. Workers from Poland and particularly from Soviet Russia, they had to live in the barracks uh, when the living standard was much worse. In terms of um, nutrition, the situation of British prisoners of war, war was again similar to other categories of the forced uh, laborers. They complained that the bread contained a certain amount of uh, chestnut flour, that the quality of soup was unsatisfactory. Nevertheless, the British had access to the very rare goods. They could uh, received food parcels via the Red Cross from their families from Britain. And in this way, they have the good quality cigarettes, chocolate, and such articles that were very rare and very precious on the black market in the factory, on the construction site. So when they have uh, the cigarettes, that they could uh, exchange uh, them with anything they wish. So in this way, the situation of the British prisoners of war was much better than many other categories of workers who were employed by IG Farben. We also know that um, the British prisoners distributed some of these articles among the Polish workers and prisoners themselves. And that was stressed in one of reports written by the deputy director, Mr. Faust. The behavior of the British prisoners of war cannot be accepted. And that was resulted also because moral standards of the German guards was uh, far below satisfactory that they uh, distributed this food and cigarettes among the prisoners of Auschwitz concentration camp. And something must be done in order to change the situation. But again, it was in the case of the two previous camps in uh, Javorzno and in Libyansh. The military administration of the POW camp could not do much in order to increase the discipline and productivity among the British prisoners of war. That was almost immediately when they were brought to Auschwitz, a delegation of British prisoners came to their Lagerführer, to the head of the camp. They protested against this transfer because they said that uh, the Geneva Convention forbade the employment of prisoners of war in the military factories. And because IG Farben Works uh, is intended to produce petrol for German Luftwaffe, so that was the, uh, is going to be a military factory. However, this Lagerführer, he uh, bring his pistol, he put it on the desk and said, pointing out to this pistol, that this is my Geneva Convention. And if you like, you can be sent to work in the coal mines. 
but that was his reaction. And practically, the prisoners of war had to work there. Andrew had, of course, again, a lot of problems with the discipline, with the British who worked slow or disappeared somehow on the construction side for a long time. So nevertheless, because of lack of workers, Andrew Farben decided to keep the British prisoners of war until the very end. However, gradually the number of British prisoners of war in Monovitz declined from over 1,200 or 300 uh, prisoners up to about 600 in the middle of 1944. The remaining British prisoners of war were sent back to uh, Lambsdorff or some of them to the other construction site uh, in Blechhammer in, in Lower Silesia. In some of the sources, we can even find photographs of the British POWs in Monowitz in the camp, uh, and we can see them in line as a football team. Thanks to the parcels of the Red Cross, they received uh, quite uh, normal, ordinary dresses for the football players, as uh, is visible in pictures. There were at least three different teams. There was so-called uh, soccer representation of, of England, uh, Scotland and Wales. In 1944, in the middle of the year, the British prisoners of war were transferred from the camp number eight into the smaller camp number six called Pulvertum. Uh, so these photographs were taken at the moment of the transfer. What do we know about the nature of contacts between the British POWs at Monowitz and the concentration camp prisoners? This new camp was situated very close to the camp for Auschwitz in the maze. Uh, so from very close distance, the British could see what was going on there. Of course, they could watch at the working places uh, on the construction site when prisoners were beaten, sometimes even murdered by the guards. So they knew what was going on there and uh, they tried to do something in order to help the prisoners. Uh, for example, we know it from the testimonies by prisoners themselves, of course, and the testimonies of the British prisoners of war who became the very valuable witnesses during the Nuremberg trials after the war, during the trial of IG Farben, for instance. But we also know it from the reports uh, of the SS, in which we can read that, uh, for example, some prisoners were walking among British prisoners of war and they were begging for food. Or they had some food or some soup that was stolen from groups of British prisoners of war. However, on the other hand, we know again from the testimonies that uh, these articles were not actually stolen, but the British willingly they offered these foods to the prisoners because in most cases they were not hungry. They did not want to eat even this, this awful soup that was uh, given to them. So thanks to the help of British prisoners of war, perhaps at least some prisoners managed to survive. It seems that the living conditions for the British POWs, despite they were guarded and despite they had to do rather harsh slave labor, was, uh, we can say, bearable, especially when we compare it to the conditions of some of the slave laborers and the uh, prisoners of the concentration camp who were at the uh, lowest part of this hierarchy of workers. Were there any victims among the British soldiers who worked at uh, Monowitz? We know that only one British prisoner of war was shot dead by the German guard because he expressed a kind of resistance against the, uh, the orders uh, given by the guard. 
that much more victims uh, resulted uh, in the American air raid uh, and the bombing of Malawi's factory in uh, August uh, 1944. The problem was that uh, the British prisoners could not enter the aircraft shelters that were practically kept only for the German members of the staff. And one bomb exploded, unfortunately and precisely among the group of British prisoners of war, and 39 of them were killed. The bodies were buried on the local cemetery in, in the city of Oshvenshim. You mentioned that the British POWs were eyewitness of the brutal treatment of the SS towards the prisoners of Auschwitz, that their second camp was located very close to the auschwitz Trimonovitz camp. Do we know anything about what they knew about the nature of Auschwitz in general? What they knew about the extermination activity going on there? Are there any sources in the testimonies of the British POWs about that part of the Auschwitz story? Because one thing also should be clear to our listeners that we use British POWs at Auschwitz, meaning the town of Auschwitz. The name of the concentration camp is simply the same. It is it is important to note that those British POWs were not prisoners of the Auschwitz concentration camp, but they were prisoners of the POW camp. They simply stayed very close to the Auschwitz concentration camp. In terms of legal procedures that were implemented after the end of the war against the war criminals, against members of the SS, but also the managers of IGFAB, and the British prisoners of war represented a very particular group that was different from any other categories of witnesses. Because they were British, they were relatively safe in their camp and the working places. However, they could see almost everything that was going on on the construction site with their own eyes very closely. And, uh, of course, as much as practically all other residents of Oshvenshim during the war, they knew what was going on on the other bank of the Solo River because they could see, again, the very close distance of about five kilometers the flames, the smoke over the Birkenau, they could talk from time to time, of course, uh, that was forbidden, nevertheless. They could uh, talk to those prisoners, particularly Jews, who lost their all members of the families uh, after the selection on the Rami Birkenau. So they knew what was going on. In Auschwitz, uh, they tried to inform about it, uh, the representatives uh, of, the, of the Red Cross, that was uh, rather late uh, in the second half of 1944 uh, when these British had such opportunity uh, and that was a time when the Western Allies perfectly knew what was going on in the Auschwitz concentration camp. Nevertheless, their testimonies during the trials of war criminals after the war were considered as very valuable and they were good in terms of, of historical accuracy. Something that is very paradoxical in this story is the presence of Jewish-British POWs, both in Yavozno and Libyons, and you also mentioned a small group of Jews in um, Monowitz, while the Third Reich is doing everything to exterminate the Jewish people. And uh, those uh, British Jews, because of the uh, legal protection, were excluded from the Nazi plans. And I think it's, it's something very paradoxical that a few kilometers away, there are people who, by the Nazi ideology, are considered Jews and considered enemies of the Aryan race in their ideology, but they cannot do much about it. Did they try to do something about it? 
as we know, the, particularly in the case of these two groups of Jewish British prisoners of war in uh, Yavorzna and uh, in Libyan, Germans, these were not, uh, of course, the, the members of the SS, but the guards from the staff of uh, the Lambsdorff camp, the members of the German army, uh, of the so-called uh, fusiliers. But there were also members of the security guards of coal mines, as well as so-called auxiliary security guards. These were the German civilians who received a number of rifles and ammunition, and their task was to guard prisoners in the coal mines and the places of the work. So they clearly tried to treat the British Jews worse than it was the case of ordinary non-Jewish British prisoners. More or less at the same time, the administration of German POW camps attempted to isolate the British Jews from the rest of the British prisoners and to keep them separately, to send them to some separate camps. Nevertheless, the British protested against it. And uh, the government of Britain warned the Germans that if they tried to do so, British military administration of the camps for the Germans would do the same with the Germans. So that was why, until the very end of the war, British Jews in the British uniforms in Germany were left alone and were not persecuted in any particular way. What was the story of those camps uh, at the end of the war. The change in Yavozno and Libyans and the resignation from the work of uh, British POWs didn't end the presence of British in this environment. However, it was much smaller. And of course, the camp in uh, Monowitz functioned basically until the liberation of Auschwitz. That was also the case of uh, the camp in Yavozno, when a small group of British prisoners of war stayed there until January 1945. And that was also the case of uh, prisoners in Monowitz. Uh, over 500 of them who still stayed in Auschwitz, they were evacuated uh, by foot to the camps located in the middle part of the country. All episodes of the On Auschwitz podcast are available at auschwitz.org slash podcasts. We kindly ask you to support our mission and share our podcast in social media.